Coming up on TMS, enjoying the bean. Only fans bag tier? Highly cultured yogurt dreams. Did you spell Wyusa O-R-G-Y? What if it's a butthole? Murder, she wrote. And committed. Licking my grandmother's neck. Three bedroom, two bath, one used condom. Ep. Epidemapesiologists. Keep milking denim oats. <laughs> when you put capade on something, it's a performance. E.V. Humvee. Zerple to his friends. So easy, even Scott can do it. Teabagging with Gwen. Grinding gears with Garrett. Body things with Bobby and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Now this is Ruthie Toot Jasperson. He had the newest bike in the bunch and he was as proud of it as he could be. He made it a point to get in the lead, and there he intended to stay. It would seem that Rudy Toot was a slam-bang go-getter headed for big things in life. The Morning Stream. Rambling goes in, podcast comes out. You can't explain that. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the morning stream. It is TMS for Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson. He's Brian Ebbett. Hi. Good morning. I am. Hello. Hello. Oh, man. Uh, weird night. Lots of dreams. Not going to get into it, but um, here's the recommendation. Don't eat uh, yogurt too late at night. I think that's what gave me the dream. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny because that's usually my that's my go-to. Like, oh, I'm a little bit hungry get an hour before bed i want something i'll have a yogurt so it's actually that's the reason i did it you're you're i'm right on cue with yeah. you here yeah. problem is i think because yogurt's got a bunch of active cultures in it and it uh, gets you think into they're activating in your brain or something that- i don't know like there's a lot of there's a lot of serotonin in your gut so maybe it has some effect there we'd have to ask one of our experts but uh, all yeah. i know is i had the weirdest freaking dreams and really yeah huh. just so weird and I, and but I can on only... other nights you've had really weird dreams. You haven't had yogurt. Those That's nights. a good I point. Think one of those nights you had Chex Mix, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's not always yogurt. It's a good point. I I think if I eat late at all, that's my problem. Any kind yeah, of I was going to say that seems to be the common denominator. Is not what you eat; it's that you eat. Yeah, yeah, it's that I eat at all at late, and I'm usually pretty good about it. I try not to eat past seven if I can help it on you know yeah. weeknights or whatever. Sometimes you got a yeah. weekend where you're doing dinner late or whatever, but. I tried to do that, but last night, no, I failed. I went and got some mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. sweet nectar of the gods out of the fridge, the Costco um, uh, Greek yogurt. Mm. Oh, yeah, that stuff is good. Tina's yeah. into getting the, um, oh, is it Noosa? I think it's Noosa. Noosa? Noosa. Sounds like something that Jar Jar Binks would uh, <laughs> order, right? Yeah, nice big hot cup oh, of Oh, bring me some Noosa. Oh, Lord. He probably would. Wait, so what is... Is that a new... Is that a brand or is that a flavor? What it's is a, that? It's a brand. It's a Greek yogurt brand. And uh, it is... Like, they have a lot with fruit on the bottom. They have one that's key lime on the bottom. Yeah. Oh, it's so dang good. That sounds all right. Oh, look at that. They have ice cream now, too. Frozen... I'm sorry. Frozen yogurt gelato. Sign me up. Yeah. All this sounds um, good. Sounds yummy, but yeah, no, their their uh, their uh, key lime is excellent. And what I do, because you know, apparently I can't not just make it. I can't just enjoy it the way it is. Yeah, I have to take um, one rectangle, you know, a, a quarter of a graham cracker, mm. and put it in a Ziploc bag, bash it up with a uh, with the with a spoon, and then sprinkle it on top of the. Uh, 
uh, key lime to make like a little key lime pie action. Nothing wrong with that. That sounds a little amazing. Graham cracker crust. Yeah, yeah, you got me. You had me at you had me at uh, graham cracker to be honest. I love <laughs> Big fan. So I put the so way I good. do my yogurt is I'll do I'll put the yogurt in there and then yeah. I'll dump a load of like uh, honey bunches of oats cinnamon oh, sure. edition yeah. or whatever. And now it's basically cereal with really thick milk. It's kind of <laughs> right. how it goes. Right. Milk that in any other situation would be milk gone bad. Yeah, that would be a smell at first kind of situation right. before I did right. it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's weird. So I'm glad to be awake and alive and in a time where I'm not dreaming because it was weird. It yeah. was all strange. Yeah. I didn't like it. Do you remember any of those dreams? Anything None of this one. Repeat? This no. one I just okay. remember it all being psycho and crazy and uncomfortable. And that's it. That's the only details I have. So. I, uh, for the first time, my back is starting to get better. The, That's good. The piriformis uh, syndrome that I had. That's good. Um, so for the first night in six nights, I did not take a muscle relaxant to go to sleep. Yeah. And I had a hard time, had a little bit of a hard time getting to sleep. And then I did my usual wake up at 3.30 in the morning, can't sleep, watch an hour of the show I'm either going to recommend till this week or next. And... Uh, Oops. So you, and, uh, uh, so still, so that's interesting. I was, I would have yeah. thought, I don't know why I thought this. It's probably dumb to think this, but because that stuff will put you to sleep nicely, the muscle relaxers mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. I kind of thought the day you didn't take it, maybe you'd have some care, not carryover, but you'd be maybe used to the. Like trained? Maybe. No, I think it's, I think it's a lot like when you take, um, melatonin where your body just starts relying on it to say, oh, you know what? All right, uh, you've got this? Cool. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and sit this one out. And uh, and then after a week of that, your body is not ready. It's like, oh, no, I'm still on vacation. You figure it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, isn't isn't wanting to use the muscle relaxant to, to help me sleep. I think that's how heroin works, right? The whole idea behind heroin. <laughs> I think so. I think yeah, it is. exactly. It's Probably. Like, well, I mean, any sort of withdrawal, like any sort of... Yeah, it's your body going, uh, wait, you you need me yeah, for this You were now? using this for a while. Why'd you stop? Because it was helping me do this thing. Yeah. Now you're not... Yeah. Yeah, right. the body got slacky and now it has to overcompensate. <laughs> Look at us. We're right, drug yeah. experts, everybody. Drug we experts. We are. We're uh, self-trained, self-proclaimed uh, drug experts. That's you right. know, it came with the pandemic. We all became uh, epide- 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 epidemiology, epidemiologists. What are the heck are Ep- we? Epi- epidemiologists, epi- I think. Isn't it? Epi- epidemiologists. Thank is that, you. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, it might it's be an extra to, syllable or two in there. I don't know. to sound Epidemiologists. Don't be an episiologist. Those people snip vaginas. Skin experts. Virus experts. That's what we became. Virologists. And then when we need to be political experts and when we need to be, we're, you know, the internet is full of experts. Right. I mean, we all armchair yes. quarterback our way into hell all Everyone right check this seems out seems to be on facebook in your friends list it's amazing how that works exactly so speaking of words with an x in it uh that zero scaping business yesterday <laughs> yes uh john from saskatoon wrote in hey that's where um Coulter walls hails from writes a lot that's of songs where, about saskatoon uh, saskatchewan yeah 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 uh he says scape and burgina or burginia <laughs> Virginia, Virginia, Virginia. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know either. I don't know how to take it. I'm not going to look it up because right now I'm okay with John from Saskatoon. If I look that up and find out it's something like a butthole, then I'm really going to be ticked off. Yeah. What if it's a butthole? You don't want it to be. I'm not looking it up. I'm not going to look up Virginia. Yeah. Virginia. Yeah. Always clean your Virginia. Some Saskatoon thing. Some Saskatchewan thing up there. (laughs) Anyway, says I just wanted, or no, I just finished turning my lawn into mulch. Uh, raised beds and garden boxes. Six inches of mulch spread over the grass is what you need. Most absorbent companies, uh, sorry, abs- arborist companies, absorbent companies. 
<laughs> you know, companies can really <laughs> it's suck not up just the liquid. Me. All right, good. Yep, yep. Uh, they will send you truckloads of it for cheap. That is true. Dogs don't mind going on it, and it's easy to pick up after them. The mulch slowly breaks down over a few years and enriches the soil below immensely, giving water shortages and climate change. Uh, or given water shortages and climate change, eliminating lawn and replacing it with mulch and beds of native plants that tend to require less water is the way to go. Google no-till gardening if you want to get into it. Love the show, John. No-till. Uh, yeah, man. I'm I'm into it. We talked about that zeroscaping thing yesterday, and we got a bunch of replies about it. Yeah. You're still going to call it zeroscaping, even though it's uh, I can't help it. I've said it that way whole, my whole life. <laughs> zeroscape, zeroscaping. Zeroscaping. Which sounds it's like the, me saying o, zero wrong. is... Yeah, the O is what you don't want to. You don't want to say zero. It's zero escaping. Uh, I can't help it. It's one or of those zero things. Escaping. It's just stuck in my head. And I, can't, I know. I know it is. Um, so it. I'm looking at photos of no-till gardening, yeah. and um, right now I'm just visualizing. I'm like thinking, oh my god, I'm just visualizing in my head the letter that I would get from the HOA if I did this to my <laughs> to my lawn. Well, see, this is the biggest problem. HOAs are the, are the big thing standing in front of everything because they, yeah. for whatever reason, they think they need to have the final say in all this bull crap. And it sucks exactly. because yeah. that's what's going to be hard to change. Yeah, there it is, chat. You can see some pictures of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I look, we've got neighbors with like... So I was talking to Kim about this yesterday. We have neighbors with really beautiful xeriscaping... Okay. I feel yeah. like I'm saying zero, like zero. <laughs> zero. Hey, zero. How many times have you seen me this month? Zero. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's so they've got this a beautiful, beautiful setup they've done with their yard, and it's eliminated all the lawn stuff, and it's basically a deal like this. And I said, well, how do they do that and get away with it? She goes, no, it's not a problem. You just have to do it slowly. She goes, you can't just it like over time. It. Yeah, because uh-huh. then the HOA doesn't notice that it happened, and by the time you're done, it's beautiful and they love it. So you just have to slowly, you know, go in there, take a little strip out, and I add a little, a little sneaky, sneaky, and then before you know it, the HOA is just none the none the wiser. They don't know. HOAs suck anyway. They freaking suck. They do. Gosh dang it, I hate them. Anyway, whatever. yeah, it's a yeah. Trend. It's and, then a trend. They, and then they allow people to have like uh, you know hot pink uh, trim on their houses. It's, yeah, it, it's so it is so uh, inconsistent. Their yeah. their yeah. rule. Yeah, they suck. Look, yeah, HOA, exactly. your real the, the, your acronym means uh, horrible uh, 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 over uh, overlord assholes. Uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> we don't. I'll help you out with this one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's good. That's exactly the one I was looking for. Very, very well done. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for that. Uh, we're going to do a quick uh, phone call. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, you heard me. Um, we got to make sure this is set up. Yeah, there we go. Because uh, we're going to do five 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 T T T T T T T T. We're going to bring Gwen in, and we're going to do this. All right, everybody, pull up to wow. the beautiful tea set table that we have set before you, and get ready to test uh, the TMST, or at least Brian and I are going to. And then we're going to talk to Gwen about why this tea is rad and why, well, why you might all want to try uh, to get it yourself. Uh, Gwen, welcome mm-hmm. to the show. How are you? Oh, I'm lovely. How are you guys? Good, doing We're great. Good. Are you still in? Um, uh, you're still in Montana, Montana, or no? Did you yeah. move? I am still in Montana. Yes, I am. All I'm right. not really, in Red Lodge anymore. Okay, but. really close to uh, Captain Pike's summer home. Oh <laughs> my god! Is that Holy where he is? Shit. Is that where he so, is? Is up there? Is that supposed to? Be- so, so we watched the first episode of Strange New Worlds, yeah. which 
I'm super, super stoked for. Yeah. It looks great. It opens with him in his home in Bear Creek, Montana, mm. which is a podunk town of 70 people, like oh. 10 minutes from Red Lodge over the hill. Wow. Yeah. It, it was a mining town a hut, like 50, 60 years ago. Mm. But... It was it, it was bizarre just seeing Bear Creek pop up. I had to pause the show and like talk to my partner, like what the hell is going on? That is right, crazy. Right. So do they? So do you guys? You, you probably are all fans. Of, oh, I don't know how people feel about Montana-based entertainment. So you got that. Uh, you got your uh, your Yellowstone show, right? People love the Yellowstone. Do people they? People love okay. the Longmire, but that's Wyoming. Yeah, that's true. Close enough. Close We're, enough. You guys are half neighbors. an hour from the border. <laughs> so that's interesting just to have all this stuff lately that's like set in your in your neck of the woods. A little bit weird. Yeah, people are discovering us. It's unfortunate. It is, right? Because housing <laughs> prices go up. It sucks. It's the worst. Yeah, I, I just it. bought a house. Tell you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a neighbor, so we have a neighbor of ours who bought when they bought here, they spent like two thirty. And with the recent bubble, they sold for a million two. <laughs> oh wow yeah it's, it's really gross and then they moved to montana out in the middle of nowhere where they got a house for like 480 but it came with mm -hmm. 12 or 13 acres of land Jeez. and they are living the life to do it, sadly yeah, yeah they're loving it except their, except their internet sucks they have terrible yeah. internet I'm like, well, what do you think you were going to get when you go out in the middle of nowhere? He's got to mm -hmm. use like satellite or something, and it's bad. Yeah, well, for six hundred thousand dollars profit, maybe they can buy a satellite or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, send their own satellite, run, internet satellite. Yeah. Run their uh, cable from uh, Washington or <laughs> across across the uh, tip of uh, Idaho. Yeah, it's, it's a. I mean, they're loving yeah, it though. I get the best of both worlds. I'm up in Great Falls, so there's an Air Force base just outside town, so I have fiber. Oh, oh nice. nice perfect yeah wow. oh yeah wherever the government is they're gonna pull in the big bonus business mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah no, that's mm -hmm. good well we have one thing we like government for let's uh, let's move into this tea business today <laughs> so you've made a new tea oh i forgot the bag i was gonna show yeah, off the bag upstairs too but uh oh, you can you, you, you probably have a bag there that you can show right or do you nope. have a bag when? no nope? i don't okay. Oh really? The labels on the bags I have at home. I know what they are. Yeah, I just yeah, write real quick and sharpie. It's just really a nice bag. I just wanted to show people how nice the bag it's, is. Um, Brian's always showing off his bag. I thought we'd show off this bag. And see what's going on. <laughs> are you are you run my OnlyFans page? I yeah, didn't realize I you did, had yeah. access to that. Dang yeah, you. I'm right. on the lower tier, so I don't get all the really uh, good stuff. Yeah, that's why you only get the bag. Yeah, I only. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the bag tier. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Can you, you do that on there? Is that a thing people can do on OnlyFans? Can they have like, well, this one's somebody, only going yeah. Somebody I, had a show title. That's why you only get the bag. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dross, Dross 1705 is, uh, has got it all taken care of. All right. So this was made. I made this before we, uh, obviously before we called you, um, before the show even started. I put it in a thermos so it would stay warm. Brian's got his okay. nicely steeped I, and ready to rock. I haven't tried it yet, so we're going to give it a little... So first of all... Hold on, Scott. So Yeah, how did you make it? How did make oh, how did I, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought you said, how do you... Or what did you think of it? Uh, make it. So we did it. Kim did it. Uh, Kim did it. Let me uh -huh. make it. Make sure I <laughs> give her credit. Because uh, she's good Otherwise, at this. Otherwise, you would have put the the leaves in a glass, microwaved it, uh, put cold water in there, and waited for magic Man, to happen. I wish so bad you were wrong about that. <laughs> 
I really wish you. I wish that was like hyperbole. It's not. That's what I would have done because I'm bad at these things. But my wife, who's really good at it, she has this beautiful little teapot set thing. She's got a steeper. She's got all this stuff. So she does the whole schmear and uh, like did the whole like. I got a hold of you years ago with this tea. I sent a fancy infuser up to you. All you got to do is scoop the leaves in, plop it on the cup. Oh, that's what oh, she used. That that's what she used. That's what that was it. I couldn't remember where she I did got use that. The infuser. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally yeah, forgot where I got fantastic. that. Fantastic. Oh yeah. my that god. That thing's that so makes... easy. Even Scott can use. That's it. That's right. Even yeah, though I have that. <laughs> that improved my my tea input dramatically because it was like, oh mm-hmm. man, loose leaf tea. What do I? I got to get that little ball out. I got to open it up. I got to f- somehow fit the tea in there. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. It's a bunch of work, yeah, this, but this made it this easy. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's I what use tea balls. That is. What is a tea balls? What is a tea ball? What's a tea ball? That's the next level on my OnlyFans page. Oh, <laughs> tea ball. Mm. Yeah, tea ball. When I was growing up, was a little baseball game you played. I invite a kid. toddler with a plastic bat over. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. I just learned that t-ball was a thing this past weekend oh really i've never heard of it before oh, yeah. you never heard of it oh my gosh i have pictures of me uh playing t-ball when i was eight i should find those i should unearth mm. those they're terrible i was a very bad player one time i hit the ball really hard it was like an awesome hit but i was so scared about actually getting a hit that i ran instead of to first base in the diamond we were on i ran to third base on the diamond next to us and rounded its bases <laughs> And Oops. yeah, it was real bad. I never forgot right. that. That's burned Was that my where soul. you were crouched down in the team photo with your little ball hanging out? No, that was soccer, was but it was similar. Different t ball. Yeah. <laughs> it may have been that same year, but it was soccer that year. Anyway, because you got those little shorty short soccer shorts, you know, and I didn't wear underwear yes. that way. And uh, I played soccer. I know that one. Yeah. Oh, this happens. That happens a lot. Anyway, okay. uh, all right. So, so did, let's test it. The, the question. The question here is: Does your tea have milk in it? Did no, you make I, it with milk? I didn't do any milk. Should I have done milk? I did, I did milk in mine. Yeah, because I'm... Uh, uh, I'm drinking it without milk. Okay. okay. I'm drinking it raw raw ass straight out of the deal. There's the the Brit in me will not allow, will not do uh, Earl Grey or, or, or a brec- uh, English breakfast tea without milk. So... Mm. Yep, I've got no milk, just a little bit of pure white sugar, no adultering okay. flavors. I have no sweetener of any sort, and I have to say, I really like this. I like this lemon mm-hmm. thing I'm getting out of it. So mm-hmm. What's in there? So, not a lot of people know, but bergamot, which makes Earl Grey what it is, it is mm-hmm. black tea with bergamot, is the extract from the peel of the bergamot orange, native to oh, Italy. Okay. I didn't um, know that. Okay. Yep. It's it's really a lemon. It's a lot closer to a lemon, but it's technically an orange. Okay. Um. So I guess I do. Te- uh, you know what? There, I'm getting kind of an orange vibe at, now that you say that. Like it's it's definitely citrusy and and you know kind yep. of in the family. But now that you say orange, I guess I can see that it's a kind of orange or a variation of orange. Sort of can taste it. So. Mm-hmm. Depending on the Earl Grey you get, it might be the extract of the bergamot fruit. It might be the peel. It might be the flower. Traditional's the peel because it was medicinal. The uh, Earl Grey was invented because the Earl of Grey, uh, Viscount Howick, wanted a tea that would overcome the lime in his water. Lime the stone, not lime the fruit. Oh, lime right. stone. Um, yeah. stone. Mm-hmm. Got it. it there, was, there was real nasty lime in the water up there, and it affected the flavor, and his tea tasted wrong, so... His a traveling alchemist from China gave him some bergamot to put in his tea, mm. and he liked it so much it became a thing. And he eventually sold the recipe to uh, Twinnings. Oh, okay. Oh All yeah, because right. and they're a big, they're a giant. So they brand. were 
they were kind of the first mass producer of, of Earl Grey? They they invented are, Earl Grey. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. It's still huge. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. And it's and twinnings. I, I never knew if it was twinnings or twinnings. So twinnings. 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 Okay. Oh, okay. I always heard... I always thought it was twinnings as well, but I bet... The British I want to weird. get a couple of the twinnings in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so this is... Uh, so this is Gene Luck Pickard tea, except um, it's... Uh, well, no, this is what that is, it right? Is, yeah. Yep. yeah, it's a little more floral than a typical Earl Grey, which yeah. I really, really like. Yeah, I, do I too. really mm-hmm. like this a lot. And I usually so don't I like the floral. One. I'm usually not into the flower taste, but I kind of mm-hmm. like it in this case. It's good. So mm-hmm. a lot of people call Earl Grey flowery or perfumey. Do you know why? Uh, Be- why? Because Earl Grey, because bergamot. Exists in eighty percent of women's perfumes in America. Oh, weird! <laughs> really? Oh, that's crazy. Huh? Okay. So, so people highly associate it with perfume. So it's like licking my grandma's neck, kind of is what it tastes like. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> All right. Now we we didn't make this clear at the beginning, but we should. Uh, this is candidate uh, numero uno for our our T level on the P- TMS Patreon, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, they, uh, uh, I was talking with them a couple months ago, and you guys said you wanted a T for TMS, and we came up with the uh, testing the ship's phasers because <laughs> Gene Gene Luck Pickard, as yep. you said, drank yep. Earl Grey. Right. So sure did. Right. that makes perfect sense. I think drink people Earl are, Grey while testing the ship's phasers. I think people are really going to like this. So the way it works is yes. that level up on our Patreon. If you sign up for that one every month, you get uh, this Phoenix Pearl T T. And you mm-hmm. get it in that sweet little bag I was describing that's upstairs, and I can't show anybody. Uh-huh. With a whole um, bunch of, of uh, great TMS in-jokes, by the way. We're not going to spoil them for you. You've got to actually see the uh, get the bag yourself to see all of the TMS in-jokes. Yep. Oh, and I'll have them on the website. Yeah, pretty awesome. Oh. Uh, so, And if you're curious, how, hey, wait, they're like, wait, website, what? Go to phoenixpearltea.com. Do we mm-hmm. have a slash TMS or no? I don't remember if you did. Uh, I can certainly set that up. Wouldn't be. Um, it's not available yet, and my website is closed this week for maintenance. I've got a brand new website coming up this oh, coming cool. Monday. Oh, nice! Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. And if all any sorts of, you... of new features like subscriptions, so you can sub- you can subscribe to this tea if you really like it and get a bag every single month. That's outside cool. of every other kind of subscription. That's very brand cool. new feature of the new website. Very very that's cool. Very cool. Uh, the yeah. so I was talking to um oh who was I talking to? I don't remember. But anyway, somebody was saying that the tea market has gotten uh, crappy. And their description to me, I don't remember who this was. Oh, it was the guy at this coffee shop in in St. George. And he was going on and on and on about how this, the, the the current state of tea is is no good, and you should only get teas from little shops and 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 places that really curate what they're doing, and no weird stuff about Bergermont and all the stuff you know. <laughs> um, so Bergermont does that yes. does that jive with you though? Different flavor. <laughs> does that jive with you? Kind of a greasy, taste yeah, a greasy to it, flavor yeah. to it. Do you, does that sound right to you? Like like your your world? Obviously, you guys are very curated, but. But the yeah. mainstream state of tea, he was acting like it was a big mess right now. Like not. A I cool- mean, it's the shipping routes mostly is like it's really hard to get good tea because it comes from China on a big shipping container that takes for goddamn ever. Uh-huh. So people are getting cheaper and cheaper teas that are available here. They're getting them from cheaper sources. Um, some are probably getting it from like Argentina, which 
grows a lot of black tea, believe it or not. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I don't carry any Argentinian black tea because I have yet to find a single grower in Argentina that grows good black tea. Mm. <laughs> Why is that, do you think? They just don't have the right uh, setups? Or? Temperate climate? Uh, yeah. Because they yeah. prefer the uh, the herb they drink down there with more caffeine than tea, which is yerba mate. Oh, oh sure. Okay. Never um, even heard of that. What is, what is the caffeine level of this stuff, by the way? Like, if, if coffee is a 10, where does this sit on the... The caffeine if coffee, range. If coffee's a ten, this mm-hmm. what you're drinking right now is probably mm-hmm. like a three. Oh, maybe okay. A two. okay, okay, okay. Um, nice a straight black tea would be like a four. Gotcha. Uh, mate would be like a six. Okay. Okay. <laughs> really? So even the the mate is still not like right now, up you, at the level of, of coffee. Is there one that if is? You want tea, yeah. If you want tea that's like coffee, you want to go to Ecuador and get the Wayusa. Um, Wayusa is a relative of Mate, which we carry proudly. I have one called the Song of Storms. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I've got um, a bag of that or half a bag now upstairs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you tried it? I, I have. That's why I only have half a bag. Because <laughs> I like, like it? it. I yeah, love it. It's, yeah, yeah. it's good. It's grassy. That has the same caffeine as, con- as uh, coffee. Okay. Okay. Oh, really? If you make it properly. Okay. And is it good? Like, you, know, you can make it taste oh, yeah. good and all that? Okay. That what stuff you... got me through college. Man, I just did a search for Wayusa, and here's the number one result. Viewers left <laughs> horrified by a 90-year-old granny who enjoys sex orgies. Why is that on <laughs> I'd there? love to know how you spelled Wayusa. Did you spell it O-R-G-Y or something? Or No, I did Y <laughs> W-Y-U-S-A. <laughs> So I just dropped it in, in your it's in like your Discord Wyoming, chat. It's there. like Wyoming, USA. Yes. Oh, it's with a G. Oh, it's it's the pronounced Wyusa. but it's pronounced Wyusa. Oh, it's because they heard you talking about licking grandma's neck. Like it's it's Google and their listening algorithm is why you're getting stuff like that. Oh no, I was afraid I'm on a list now. Google's listening. Well, this looks interesting too. I should also mention that pixie blush that you love so much, Scott, that yeah. you can't drink anymore because you're off the sugar. Yeah. Um, has double the caffeine of coffee. Oh, oh wow. Geez. Okay, I do remember that thing used to get me pretty hyped when I would t- when but I would drink it. But it's better for you because it has tianine. Yeah, that's true. All tea, mate, why you saw is tianine, which regulates with your natural circadian rhythm, so it slowly brings you up and slowly drops you off. Is oh, there a way to? Like is there a way to? Um, yeah, I never felt like jittery on it. No, it doesn't give you the jitters. It doesn't give you the crash, but it brings you to the same high as a double shot espresso. Yeah, I really like that about it. Let me ask you this question. Is there any way that that pixie blush stuff could ever be f- artificially sweetened so that it's not so much damn sugar? Like, like monk? Not, yeah. not the pixie blush, because the pixie blush is actually the way that they make the flavors so proper with that one. Yeah. Is It's mixed with blueberry and raspberry and vanilla extract mm. in... The sugar crystals. Oh. Um, they actually grow sugar cane right next to the tea plantation. Yeah. And they harvest the sugar cane, process it, soak it with extracts, grind the matcha, the green tea, super, super, super fine, and then tumble them together so the matcha binds to the sugar crystal. Oh. Okay. So um, it's probably got some real basic, like rudimentary connective stuff there that you can't reproduce simply by, you know, introducing well, an artificial flavor or something. Or, or- I. I'd have to spray extract on matcha powder, which would just get you a big bag of clumpy matcha. Ooh, clumpy matcha. <laughs> mm. um, so we have a lot of coffee drinkers in the tadpole. What is your What is your recommendation for like a good starter tea for somebody who's who's only been you know 
uh, enjoying the bean. I love that question. Uh, enjoying okay. the bean. <laughs> <laughs> also another. Yeah. Another. <laughs> That'll get you on another list. Woo. Yeah, exactly. as, a, as a lesbian, I can tell you I enjoy the bean on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. If you want the caffeine, uh-huh. you want to go for matcha because it's got double the caffeine. There's a bunch of delicious flavors of blueberry and raspberry and vanilla. And I've, I just put out an Earl Grey black tea matcha that's super good that I should probably send to you, Brian. Uh-huh. Um, and super high caffeine. You want to drink that as a latte. You want to make it with milk. I make mine with oat milk. I've got a uh, this mug I was starting with over here is a masala chai. Mm, uh, if you do the masala chai lattes, I cardamom, love, ginger, cinnamon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love I make the them with oat milk. Oh, yeah. Oat milk's the best, dude. Whenever that yeah. happened, my life changed for the better. Oat milk's great mm-hmm. on everything. For, for I'm everything. off the dairy. Yeah, same. Because <laughs> makes mm-hmm. me toot. Yeah. So yep. <laughs> I uh, do the oat milk. <laughs> yeah, oat milk's great. We use it in, um, uh, what do we do? Oh, I can't remember now. Some other fancy thing I got while I was on my way to Vegas, and they used oat milk instead of milk, and it was so good. Like some sort of uh, macchiato or latte or something, something like, like that. that. It wasn't yeah. like, I don't know, was, I'm not really a coffee guy, but they made something that tasted good, and it was like, and it was no sugar in it also. It was like sugar-free. Yeah. They used monk fruit to sweeten it. Oh, and nice. they used Monk uh, fruit's great. Yeah, monk fruit's awesome, and they used that... Um, uh, they used uh, the 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 oat milk, and the other thing is, my daughter would love uh, more people to use oat milk because she's like super big on like let's do less environmental damage, and mm-hmm. I guess uh, almond milk takes like four or five oh, gallons of water per almond or something. Yeah, yeah. it's awful. Yeah. It's really yeah. bad. It's, but oat milk, well, uh, flavor. I like the flavor. California's in a drought. Yeah, that's oh, the really? other thing. That's the yeah. other thing, Brian. The oat the, milk flavor is better than that almond milk flavor, at least in my opinion. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how you milk an oat, but. Uh, <laughs> Hey, whatever they're doing, <laughs> keep doing it. Keep milking them oats. I think oats. you soak it in water for a real long time in cheese closet. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. I gotcha. So it's really simple. just it's just oatmeal. It's it's like uh <laughs> I mean, yeah, oatmeal it's kind of it, oatmeal residue. Yeah. I mean, I like it cuz it tastes like cereal milk, but yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah. I'm yeah. The in in short though, yeah. If you want the caffeine, go for matcha. If you want the caffeine but not a latte, go for the Wayusa, which again is spelled with G G U A Y U S A. Look up Song of Storms on my website; it's delicious. Yeah. If you want the flavor with caffeine, go for a black tea with chicory root. Okay. Um, people love chicory because it's got that roasty flavor. Yeah. If you don't want the caffeine, there's tons and tons of chicory root herbals. I have a coffee replacement on my website that uh is called uh ram's head it is it tastes like fermented coffee really it's made with um it's made with lingshi mushrooms and um it's got chicory it's got it's got all sorts of good stuff in it interesting is it say like is it more savory then like a Mm -hmm. uh it's got a a savory it's got a savory flavor it's really deep it's really earthy it's uh it's weird it's not for everybody but yeah it's like a fermented coffee in a way. Um, if you get that, don't put milk in it. Yeah. Okay. Don't but, I? I it uh, the no <laughs> mushroom mushroom milk is not great. No. Yeah. No. That's not a not mushroom a, not a milk. Thing. Gross. Yeah. That sounds gross. And I love oh, mushrooms, I mean, but I ugh. had somebody order an iced latte with the ram's head once, and they ooh. handed it back to me, and I poured a little in a shot glass, and it it was vile. It yeah. was awful. Yeah. Well, I have good had a mushroom infused tequila in a in a. Uh, Margarita that, that was incredible. It was it? so good. Mushroom yeah. infused? 
Mushroom infused tequila. There's a place oh. uh, here in Denver called Ghost Donkey. It's right by the train station. <laughs> I love and, that. Uh, Ghost Donkey. Yeah. Ghost Donkey. And they make the best. Like they have a, a dozen different kinds of tequila, a lot of different infused. And then they also do quesadillas and, and you know, like more more snack foody kind of stuff as opposed to like full on smothered burritos and stuff. Mm. But mm. stuff that you can sit there and eat with. You know, with your hands instead of having to have a fork and knife. I played keyboard for Ghost Donkey for a few years. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, they were awesome. Uh, they well, for Pink Floyd that one year. It was great. Oh yeah, it was a hell of a thing. Great tour and everything. Um, all right. Well, here's what you're gonna want to do at home if you're interested in these things. And I'm talking like really cool, like assembled for by by smart people for the right taste and all that sort of thing. Go check out PhoenixPearlTea.com. And become a teabagger yourself. Well, once once the website's up, go there after Monday. Oh, yeah, go there after Monday. Right on Facebook. Yeah. Feel free to go to our website. Yeah, oh, I, I'm okay. just not shipping orders right now. Oh, we are gotcha. closed okay. for the week. Mm. There's a notice on the front, but go to the website, buy some tea. It'll ship out on Monday. Um, so feel free to go buy some stuff. And, uh, Hey, Claire, if you love masala chai, buy my masala chai. It's my specialty. Yes. I'm traditionally trained in the art of masala chai. I source all my own spices. I blend my own spices. Yeah. She wants to know if you ship to Ireland. Hell yeah, of course. All right. Yeah, I ship to. I've. I. Ireland should be no problem. The UK. Uh, I've hit well, trouble shipping to the is, UK. It is the UK time. part of Ireland. It's she's in Northern Ireland, which is oh, the UK part. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I all. Um, Almost, well, almost made you bleep me there. Yeah. <laughs> That's we'll all right. Figure it out. Maybe she has to, you know, cross the border down to uh, Galway or something and pick it up. Yeah, yeah, Claire, get in the car and uh, go. Right, Drive on the wrong side of the road. Just write a strongly worded letter to Boris Johnson. There we go. And <laughs> yeah. sure call, help. would you? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid Brexit. Uh, well, all right. It's good to talk to you, Gwen. I hope you're doing good up there, and uh, uh, may all your teas mm-hmm. be bagged. Nope, that's not what I meant. I don't know what I meant. <laughs> But no. uh, we wish you nothing. May all your leaves be loose. <laughs> all your leaves be loose. There you go. <laughs> and go find some more beans or something. I don't know what that means. We'll see you later. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> all right. We're, oh we're back. We're back, everybody. We're back. Yes. All right. Uh, uh, hey, uh, how about some of this? Oh, look at this. It's time for the news. Yeah, that's right. The news is brought to you by... Do you like Firefly and the Expanse? Do you need a little darkness in your sci-fi? Well, check out The Karasu, a short story written by Riley Boydston, now available on Kindle for just a dollar. That's right, a dollar. A pirate crew trying their best to survive in a universe ruled by the tyrannical sanctum happen upon a derelict ship, only to find themselves facing their worst fears. The first short story in a collection uh, titled The Books of the Void. Check out... Uh, the Karasu, K-A-R-A-S-U. I like it. Space pirates are my favorite uh, space subgenre. I love my it. favorite kind of pirates are yeah. space pirates. Yeah, honestly, I don't like yeah. you know regular water pirates. Man, eh, they're fine. Yeah. yeah, they've really lost their luster over the last few years with the yeah. the real ones. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're telling me you're gonna you know try to commandeer a ship full of um, you know I don't know important space rocks or uh, something companions, sure. Yeah, that's I'm awesome. In. I love that. <laughs> Uh, all right, here's your uh, here's your first story of the week or the day. Uh, airline, uh, air, big airline, United in the news. Sure, uh, heard of them. I used to fly them all the time. I used to too. I hate them though. Now they used to, I do. I hate them as well. They're really bad, hard to work with. Anyway, United Airlines passenger opened an emergency exit and slid down the wing. Nice. Whee! 
<laughs> I hope the plane uh, was parked at the time and didn't uh, he didn't just uh just say I'm on my way out. Bye bye. Well, here are the here are the deets. A passenger aboard the air uh, the airplane uh, was arrested for opening the emergency gate and sliding down the wing after the plane had landed. So they had landed. Uh, the incident happened at 4:30 a.m. Nothing good happens at 4:30 a.m. In my opinion, that is a bad time to be alive. Uh, Thursday, when flight 2478, a Boeing 737-900 from San Diego, touched down in Chicago's O'Hare International Airport, where the plane was approaching the gate, a man opened the uh, the uh, overwing exit in row 21, climbed out of the plane and onto the wing, and then jumped down. Did a little sliding, but then jumped down. Uh, you're not allowed to do that. That's the thing you're no, not supposed to no. do. Uh, Randy Frank Davila, age 57. Uh, has been arrested for his reckless behavior by Chicago officials. Uh, he walked out onto the wing of the plane and jumped onto the airfield, according to the police. He was arrested and charged with criminal assault, according to police as well. He was uh, will appear in court on June 27th. A uh, passenger on the plane in the same flight shared a post on Twitter. It showed the aircraft's emergency door open. Uh, it says uh, in her post, Guy jumps out of plane before we get to the gate. She said in the caption. So nobody actually got it on camera, unfortunately. Like the actual mm, opening and jumping bummer. out. Because you know you're not, you don't have your phone. I would up, think this guy was doing it for his TikTok, like he was doing it for the uh, the likes and the views. He might have been, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that, but uh, anyway, they have uh, real rules about that. So that dude's busted yeah. and will uh, be arraigned. So he never to gets to sit in the exit row again. He broke the one rule of exit row. Yep, it's like that Delta flight I took to Japan and that uh, that drunk. A Japanese businessman who kept punching his wife next to him, oh, and so the 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 uh, flight attendant goes over to try to get things calmed down, and he punches her, and then they were like trying to restrain him. He gets up, walks all the way to the front of the plane, bangs on the captain's door. Mm-hmm. He comes out. This is while the flight's in while the flight's in in, in the air. Right? Yeah, this we are like, over the yeah. Pacific Ocean, like in the middle of nowhere. Good Lord, oh God! I was, I was a little freaked out. I hated it. Yeah, um, yeah. But he pulls this. This guy comes out and he goes, "Here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn around and we're going to land in Alaska. We're going to dump you off, and you're going to never fly here again. And you're going to be taken into custody." Uh, he says, <laughs> or, "It's totally up to you how you get home from yeah. Alaska. Good luck." <laughs> but then he, I guess, they came to some agreement where he would still be banned still be in trouble but he was they were going to get to tokyo and they were going to separate him and his wife and i can't remember how it all went so that's what they did so we didn't have to that's where the duct tape i love the duct tape to a chair if it didn't cause you know so much damage with the the glue residue to the chair i would think that should be just used as a default like the first infraction i agree you're you're out you're done (laughs) yeah yeah um all right here's a here's a fun one if you ever write okay. a book about murdering your husband, maybe don't admit uh-huh. that you've actually murdered your husband. Maybe use a pen name. Maybe a pen name. <laughs> Ghostwriter. Yeah. Uh, this woman who wrote How to Murder Your Husband, that's the name of the book, accidentally confessed to a murdering her real-life husband. Uh, in 2011, Oregon-based romance novelist Nancy Crampton, Brophy, is her full Nancy name. Nancy Crampton Brophy. Yeah. She penned a guest post on a writer's blog titled Consequently about police procedure. Um Let's see. Campton Brophy wrote, uh, quote, after all, if the murder is supposed to be uh, is supposed to set me free, I certainly don't want to spend any time in jail. And let me say clearly for the record, I don't like jumpsuits and orange isn't my color. Unquote. (sighs) 700 word piece was then split into two sections detailing the pros and cons of killing 
your villainous husband. Seven years later, on June 2nd, 2018, Crampton's uh, Brophy's real-life husband, Dan Brophy, was filling buckets of ice uh, and water at a sink to prepare for his day as an instructor at the Oregon County, uh, let's see, or, sorry, Oregon Culinary Institute in Portland when he was okay. shot in the back. After Brophy uh, collapsed on the ground, he was shot again in the chest at close range. His body was later found in the classroom by the students. While Brophy's death gripped the Oregon culinary industry, nobody seemed more shocked than his wife. Uh, for those of you who are close to me and feel uh, this deserved a phone call, you are right. I'm struggling to make sense of everything right now, she said at the time. In a plot twist that rivals her own books, Crampton Brophy uh, was arrested three months later and charged with her husband's murder. The self-published uh, romance novelist is currently standing trial, uh, which opened on the 4th of April. So this just started happening in Portland. Uh, while the tongue-in-cheek essay serves as a major flag for investigators, the trial judge has deemed it inadmissible as evidence on the grounds that could be unfairly uh, prejudiced the jury. But in the wow. book itself, she details how she did it. Oh, no way. Really? Yeah, Seriously? Or, or how she was going to do Jeez. it and then did it. And uh, then now she's in on trial for doing it. You like, know, at least OJ had the common sense to put the word if in the title and say, if I did it. Yeah. <laughs> if I did it, here's how I would have done it. Right. Uh, this reminds me of something. Something where... I mean, it feels like this is how you prove you want... Oh, my gosh. Look at her. It's, yeah, I know. Uh, she scares the hell out of me. She does. She it's, looks like somebody that might murder her husband. She does. That is not... That is like the worst photo you could possibly... Uh, worst mugshot you could yeah. possibly have taken. <laughs> it's pretty gnarly. She looks like uh, she's about to explode and have a demon come out of her. Um, wow. She... So... Uh, I know what it reminds me of. It just hit me. So that documentary I watched about that um, Jim will Jim will fix it guy in the in Britain, who was like the most popular celebrity in Britain of all time. He was a DJ. He did that oh, Jim yeah, will fix yeah. it show, right. and then it found out like just just yeah, prior to dark. his death that he was like a total like child molester and been doing it for years and just yeah. horrible horrible dude. And it reminded me of that because in that there were a bunch of times where he would say out loud things that were so such like he was saying it out loud but people were so enamored they were missing it Jeez. and that's like this level of hubris that i don't know how you get there yeah right you know right. Where you're just like so uh, you're it's, so it's, it's up not there. even as subtle as the jinx who forgot that he had the little microphone on his uh on his on his shirt when he went to the bathroom was like oh you know they're gonna figure out that i did it oh crap they're yeah. gonna figure out that i did it yeah, yeah. but in this case you're like there, he so was actually openly saying it, saying it. yeah like you're yeah. you're saying it so openly that out of it yeah and it's almost like, like you're caught or something yeah yeah mm-hmm. but yet you know the guy lives to 80 something and never did but he died before they Jeez. could get him uh get him in trouble a jack and ape anyway claire doesn't like that story i'm sure she probably grew up everyone grew up with that dude he, he yeah. over there he's like our version of i don't know uh I don't know what to compare him to because he had stuff for kids. He had stuff for adults. He had stuff in the music business. He had stuff for TV, mm-hmm. just variety show stuff. Mm-hmm. He's just, yeah, he's, he's gross. It's like finding out that uh, Ryan Seacrest has a dark, yeah. <laughs> like a dark past. Maybe it is like that. that. <laughs> Except, you know, Seacrest is probably as good as example as we could get. He's, yeah, he's probably just as damn squeaky clean as he appears to be on television. He seems fine. I, I can't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. who knows? You never can tell with people, but he seems right. fine. We're not casting any aspersions of his direction, is what we're saying. Okay, everybody? Right. We no, think- we're not saying Pee Wee. Pee Wee just, just masturbated in a movie theater, in a, in a porn theater. There's, pff, come on now. Yeah, you know how many people do that? 
<laughs> I'm Eddie Scott. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Well, I'm, I'm counting seven right now. <laughs> uh, all right, here's a fun one. <laughs> this is, I got to send this to my real estate friend. Real estate agents sued for alleged sexcapade in their client's home. Uh, nice. This is another bold faced thing to do. Uh, James and Laura Glenn uh, expected an easy payday when they listed their three-bedroom condo on a red-hot Hamptons uh, market with the Browns Harris Stevens last spring. That's the name of the uh, the, uh, the, oh, the real the, estate the company, company. The real estate company, yeah. But the listing agents, Christopher Burnside and Aubrey Peel... <laughs> I don't. I'm not trying to make anything of their names. I'm I know. I'm trying to think like Burnside and Peel. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds like another law firm or something. It does. Yeah. Anyway, uh, had other uses for the unit in mind, according to the couple. And the lawsuit filed in December, the Glens allegedly had, or uh, rather than soliciting offers for the home, the agents used the guise of an open house to engage in a big sexcapade in its primary bedroom. Uh, the lawsuit, which alleged that Burnside and Peel breached their contractual and fiduciary responsibilities. In addition to inflicting emotional trauma on their clients, sought $100,000 in damages. Burnside, Peel, Brown, Harris, Stevens, and the Hamptons were named as defendants. Uh, the total lack of interest by uh, defendants to act in the proper manner for the exclusive uh, agent listing was compounded by the absolute disregard for another's privacy and flagrant disrespect for another's property, said the complaint. So they basically had an orgy in there and invited their friends. Yeah, is that what the deal is? Because I'm trying yeah. to figure out what the actual, what the definition of a sexcapade was. It just the two of them having sex? No, like, it was for them. A long time. It I was think it was them inviting. bringing people in. Uh, gotcha. According to this, there was a. Let's see here. Uh, it's later down in the article. Uh, ba ba Here we go. Um, uh, confronted. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, his fiduciary duties was uh. Oh, here we go. Um, complaint is scheduled for May 12th. No, that's not it. Yeah, uh, it looks like... Uh, I mean, it looks like it's just the two of them having sex. Yeah, maybe that's it. I mean, they still shouldn't do that. No, no. <laughs> it's not their house to do that in. But it's not... It doesn't look like it's like a big sex party. Uh, I thought Let's it was. See. Confronted with this information, the lawsuit claims Burnside confessed to using the bedroom for a sexual encounter and offered to continue the listing with zero commission and fulfill his fiduciary duties under the exclusive contract. Um, <laughs> Why were so you in there doing sex that? I mean, you know, let's... Okay, what they did is bad, but it's hardly deserving of the title sexcapade. Yeah, I, I don't think, think the word sexcapade <laughs> is good. Right. Were they in costume on ice skates or something? It's like, that's what I'm... <clears throat> right, when you put capade on something... It's like ice right. capades you think, or you think uh, it's a performance, exactly. Like, dance capades. Or... See the Sesame Street sex capades or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen Grover like this. That's right. Boobs on ice. Boobs on ice. Mm. No, don't do that. That would hurt. No, right. don't do that one. Yeah. No. Uh let's take a break. When we come back, uh Bill's out of town. He's driving his with his wife to see some family. Uh they're her her side of the family. So he's not going to be on today. Instead, gotcha. we have a substitute. In the form of one Garrett Weinzerl. And I, I won't even hint what's happening yet, but when he gets here, we'll talk about it. So that's oh my coming God. up. I know. We have Bobby and Garrett Weinzerl on today's show. I know. I know. Oh, the hair. Like, I can't even, I, I, I gotta leave. I can't compete with either, with the, with the, uh, the hair product that's going to be on display over the next Brian, hour. it's a hair capade, really. It is the it hair is. capades. Yeah. It's, it's the quaff capades. If you guys are ready for the hair quaff capades, we got good news for you. So come back after this song, uh, which you will now play. So what song is it? Yeah, so um, playing um, uh, 
a song by an artist named Yasi, Y-A-S-I. And probably most recently famous for a Taco Bell commercial. I love the Taco Bell commercials about the return of nacho fries and a whole deja vu thing. Their their song or her song was featured in the background of that. Mm. But she's got a brand new R&B bop, which I'm just loving. This thing is so great. And we were in California yesterday for the... uh, uh, for the Indian in the Middle, a song called California. Today we're we're going even uh, uh, closer in with a song called Beverly. Uh, this is Yassi with uh, featuring Rick Wilson, and it is a brand new single. Let's see here. It's second in the handful of singles that Yassi is going to be releasing throughout the year. So no no album plans, but uh, certainly this song will be be on everyone's uh, ears. Here is Beverly featuring Rick Wilson by Yassi. Trying to just be a thought from the past. I'm trying to not trying to just catch a call when it's bad. You down and need you a voice that's familiar. And the next day, forget words that we had. Kind of want to figure ways to avoid escape and cultivate all the love we made before you let this fade. I'm a Pac-Man freak. Just once I'd like to taste something without getting a mouthful of hair. 
the morning stream. It's what's in the yogurt. That's funny. I didn't plan that yogurt thing with the Which yogurt. It would talk. just be cereal in Scott's case. It would just be cereal. <laughs> hey, Brian, who was that again? I liked it. That was, yeah, that was Yasi, Y A S I, and a brand new song called Beverly. Very nice. Beverly. Yeah. Beverly. Beverly. Oh, no. Pressure. <laughs> Did they get married in the the lore? What's going on in Picard these days? I haven't seen any of this oh, Picard season. I haven't two. seen any of season two. Uh, and I wait, fell off. I was season waiting. One, so no. we actually just finished. I'm not going to use it as a recommendal, but we did just finish the second half of season three of Discovery. Oh, yeah. whatever the current season is, a fourth. I can't even remember, but um, it was good. You yeah. know, it's more. It's it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Strange New Worlds and getting back to the problem of the week kind of. Yeah, I really like that they're doing that. I think there's there was a lot of resistance to doing that, and I think them finally doing it. There's so much good buzz about this. Might be the one best decision they've made with uh, with Trek. So we shall Um, see what they do. I will say this: the second half of whatever the most recent season of Discovery was better than the first half of that season. Oh, so it did pick up in the second half. Okay. Well, what's his name is my favorite character. Michael Burnham. Oh, he's great. (laughs) Yeah, Michael Burnham is a good character. I also, I also like the alien guy whose name I never remember. All right, yeah, I'm going to play. Yeah. I'm going to play a theme, and it's going to be a little longer than you're used to. But hey, it's a one-off, so why not? Here you go. Today's quality cars are miracles of engineering precision. I couldn't help but have a whole crash at the end. Wow. Nicely done. Uh, welcome to the program. Garrett Weinzerl joining us this morning for Driving Stuff with Garrett. Garrett, welcome. Sorry, Garrett. We're out of time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the incredibly long intro, but uh, it's good to have you here. How are you, man? Ryan, Scott, could one of you please call an ambulance? I appear to be in great need of medical aid. Yeah, you're going to need some uh, right. You're gonna need some traction, probably. Uh, that's right. I think that's exactly. my medical opinion. But uh, anyway, it's good to have you here. We were, we were uh, when Bill told me he wasn't coming in and then, you know, Garrett and I talk all the time and Garrett's like car this and car that and he was like why don't we just do one of these so we're doing well, one. we're gonna talk about cars yeah, last time i filled in for for brian we had a long car chat oh yeah we did it was almost car talk but that name was taken so we didn't use it <laughs> uh yeah, I, I was gonna i was consider uh you could call this grinding actual gears oh very nice oh, that's, that's yeah, pretty yeah, good. good i like grinding that actual yeah. gears with garrett yeah nice. actual <laughs> gear grinding with garrett with garrett uh so it's good to have you here of course uh, we'll talk about some of the other cool stuff you're doing these days uh, a little bit later but we wanted to talk today about the Nissan Z. There's no number in front of it, right? Like usually there's a number. There is no number. Yeah. There, it, it, this thing's been rumored for so long because the damn 370Z is over 10 years old now, basically unchanged. Um, yeah. And so everyone thought the next one was going to be called the 400Z because it was rumored to have 400 horsepower. Yeah. Uh, and the Nissan was like, ha, just kidding. It, it's just a Z. Huh. Have, have fun disagreeing on the name, yeah. uh, American and European pronunciators. I think it's right? probably yeah. okay because, yeah, Zed. It's called the Zed. Um, I think it's probably okay because it's got its own iconic history, right? Like, I remember the, the Datsun 280Z. 280Z, yeah. My dad had one of those. That was the coolest car I want one now. In fact, hey, give me one of those. Restore it. I don't want to do the work. It sounds like a lot of work, so don't yeah. don't make me do it. But just give me one of those restored and ready to rock, and I'd be really happy. 
Uh, is this in any way sort of a throwback to that era, or are we looking... Oh, 100%. Yeah, mm. there's there's so many... Like, every angle you look at this new Z, there's there's winks and nods and, and much less subtle uh, throwbacks to older versions of the Z cars, because... Mm. Uh, yeah, you're right. The 280Z is 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 one of the precursors, um, and before that, we had the 240, which is the very first Z car. Um, which back then you would have known them as a Datsun because Nissan was were. calling anything outside of Japan a Datsun. That's right. <laughs> oh, now that's interesting. Oh. Were they? They so, were Nissan. So in Japan, they were Nissan. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, that. To my understanding, I think there were a couple cars specifically they called Datsun, um, okay. but. Um, the this the, the simplified view is uh, cars they sold outside of Japan got a Datsun moniker got uh, it. until I think like 84 83 okay yeah that sounds about right <clears throat> when i when i was in high school short story here uh, my dad was buying and selling cars from California. He'd go to the auction out there, bring them to Utah and sell them in the local thing, or he would fix them up himself and sell them himself or whatever. He was doing this on and off and contracting with dealerships and stuff for used cars and he would often come home with some really dumb lame cars but sometimes really cool cars and one of them was a 300 zx black <laughs> t-roof uh like new almost in every way um and i got to you then what, what would happen the nice thing about this was if i was if he was in between auctions or sales cycles and i had a date on a friday or saturday night i could take one of the cool cars uh, on the date and sometimes that would suck because he'd have nothing but lame cars and I'd end up taking a <laughs> you know some stupid Chevette sure. or a Chevelle yeah. <laughs> or Chevette right. yeah just garbage car right. but yeah. this one date with this one girl I got to take that car had an amazing stereo in it uh, CD player and all this stuff it was just so nice hmm. black leather interior beautiful car and it was turbo and I'm driving oh, this thing it, around. Was town. this an '80s one? This was an '80s one for sure. Okay, so this is the first 300ZX. There were like two gens of the 300ZX. If you had the turbo model, I believe that was a Garrett Turbo. Oh, really? Oh, really? Named, wow. yeah. named after Garrett Weinzerl, our, our guest today. Just it's, kidding. It's, it's even spelled correctly. They have two R's and two T's. <laughs> oh, nice. Turbo company. Well, they. So I, this may speak poorly of that. I don't know. But when I was in the middle of driving that thing, I hit a bump, not too hard, but kind of a dip or bump where it wasn't clearly marked and I was going a little too fast or something. And basically, whatever the turbo is stopped working and parts of it fell out of the car and like scattered all over the road. Oh, <laughs> the no. road. <laughs> So oh, that was a lot of fun because I had to come home and go, Dad, I think I did. I think something weird. You know, I had to try to explain what the hell happened to the yeah. car. And that's that sort of sucked. Um, but were the turbos not, uh, you know, I mean, what is the state of turbo? I don't know that I've ever known anyone who's had a car with turbo where it's worked for very long. They always break. Oh, I had it. I had the Volkswagen New Beetle with uh, with turbo and uh, maybe used it twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did it never gave you trouble or broke down or anything? No, I never had any problems with it. No. All right. Maybe it's just my yeah, experience. My, my last car had a turbo, um, and it was great. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, tur- turbos are fun, man. They make great noises. Um, also, they're horribly expensive. You broke like the second most expensive thing on that car. <laughs> <laughs> I know I did. And then I did the same thing with an MR2. About a month later, I, I hit a speed bump too fast and I broke struts on it. And then the thing wouldn't oh, turn geez. anymore. And You you and Japanese sports cars apparently I don't know. do not get along, know what which the is deal hilarious because they are known for their reliability. Yeah, that's true. It's not like I'm talking about some jalopy that nobody can trust or total lemon or whatever. Well, this thing looks super hot. There's no plans for an electric as best I can tell, right? This is just... Uh, no. 
no, okay. no. This is um, in general, it's it's just kind of an awesome time to be into cars. Uh, like, regardless if you're you're if you like if you're excited about the new stuff, if you're into EVs, like that's exciting. But also, if you're into gas engines, it, the writing's on the wall, and uh, all yeah. the car manufacturers are just ha- having one big last hurrah. For, for gas-powered vehicles. That's an interesting... Okay, um, I wanted to ask you that because it does feel like that, but I always wonder if that's just my bias because I'm reading about EVs and I'm like following that whole market and I just... I get to hang around a Rivian last week in Vegas or two weeks ago. Um, one of our Rivian's fans drove awesome. one. Super cool truck. That mm, thing blew yeah. my mind. Um, and it and it and and so the, the feeling in my head is... Brian and I even talked about this. Like, it feels like the next car... If I get another car, it'll be electric. Like, mm. why would I even... Why wouldn't I? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking either electric or hybrid. I'm looking at that Kia Nero and one of the mm. one of the two models that they have for that. I just want to see what reviews look like when they finally come out. I saw a Nissan uh Juke yesterday that was a uh, I don't know if those are all electric, but the one I saw was. Mm-hmm. They have an the, electric Juke? Maybe it was converted. I had a question. Stop making the Juke. You know, I, well, I mean they had it there was a Juke there whether it's old or what the deal was I don't know, but it said electric on the side. So I I assumed it was electric. I didn't actually verify this. <laughs> uh, but, listen, I am um, I am I would not call myself a Juke specialist, yeah. so I I can neither confirm nor deny. Is it weird uh, that I kind of like the looks Juke? It's like a 2022 Juke Hybrid. Okay, never okay, mind. Okay, maybe it's a still, hybrid. They're still making that hideous thing. Now, <laughs> what does it say about me that I think the Juke is kind of cool looking? Is that, Am I a broken human? Like, what's wrong with me? Uh, you know, listen, it. Uh, your, your question of, like, why would I get anything out of an EV, it really kind of depends on, like, my answer to that is, like, well, what do you? what is a car for you? Because if a car for you is getting A to B, yeah, I don't think there's much of an argument against just going EV at this yeah, point. yeah. Yeah, a good point. Because like the the issues around them used to be, well, you're never going to get the mileage you want. You get out of the other car. Well, that's all changed. You know, you're getting three fifty, four hundred miles now. Okay, and yeah. then the other complaint was, well, you know, top speed or even zero to sixty speeds are all hindered by the limits of electric cars. That's not true at all anymore. Like, no, no, they're straight up the fastest car, and and really, uh, outside of extreme extreme uh, edge case modification stereos. There's no beating electric electric straight line speed. They're okay. just um, torque for days. So as a guy uh, as a guy who's super invested in that world as you are, and you know these cars, you 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 know you're always you know interested in what's happening in that space and all of that. You're not one of these people that's like jaded about well these new EVs taking over. I'm going to sure miss. Blah, blah. I mean, you're happy you're happy to see it go this direction. How do car aficionados feel about EVs? I guess is what I'm. Asking. It's it's a mixed bag depending on what you're into. So like if your answer like to what a car is to you is is essentially an appliance that you need to have to get to work or to just you know get around for commute purposes. Um, yeah, it's it's totally there's really EVs are great. Mm. Um, but if you're an enthusiast and cars to you are also something that you like you enjoy whether and there's so many different things you can enjoy about a car you can enjoy the way they look from like an artistic perspective, you can enjoy the way they they drive like different types of cars for enthusiasts, feel different ways, drive certain ways and and you talk to one car enthusiast to another, they are going to prefer different things and different cars for different reasons. Um, and that's kind of where the Z comes in. It is an enthusiast vehicle, like mm-hmm. first and foremost, you know, going all the way back to the 240. It, this is like Nissan's flagship sports car. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the the classic recipe of a, of a sports car is engine in the front and it's rear wheel drive. Right. Like that is the classic okay. sports car recipe. Also two doors. Yeah. Um, so 
this is a brand new car that's going to be a 2023 model year. And uh, the big news in enthusiast spaces, the reason we are all excited about it is they're still going to be offering it with a six-speed manual transmission. Oh, nice. That's what you want. You don't want no automatics for losers, man. That's what I say. <laughs> so that's the thing, right? So this is like the big dichotomy between like, are you in the cars as a, like for an enthusiast purpose or are you in the cars as like, I like the newest, latest, best from like a commuter purpose? Because if, if you're the latter, you're more likely to be into EVs and be very excited about that. Um, but if you're into it for enthusiast purposes and you're more excited about the actual act of driving, mm. you're probably mm-hmm. going to still be more into the gas side of things because EVs, while they are cannot be beat in straight line speed, um, they're really heavy, which luckily that most of the weight is at the bottom, which still gives them a really low center of gravity. But you're not going to get like these light spry scalpel precision performance sports cars with oh interesting so far it doesn't exist the batteries are simply too heavy so how does do you think there's a future where they get really you know they they focus on an ev sports car so much that they're like all right we gotta we have to consider this weight distribution and figure out a way to like i don't know spread these batteries around the way they do with like an ipad where it's like all you know it's the batteries kind of everywhere to make it so it's nice and flat and long and or whatever. Do you think there's a there's a path for that? I think so. Absolutely. There's a lot of interest in it too, because because like to people who who haven't even like looked at a manual transmission in 30 years, it seems insane that there's people who prefer it. Um, but enthusiast driving and the act of driving, it is a big hobby for a lot of people. And, and it's honestly, for me, I, I kind of explain it to be like, I don't know, it's kind of a hipster thing. A lot of people still like vinyl. It's horribly inconvenient, but you may prefer it for one reason or another. I'm, yeah. I'm that way about about manual transmissions. It's just I think it's more fun. Uh, I like the act of shifting a car myself, um, and so that that exists and there is that niche. Uh, and a lot of car manufacturers understand that. And as a matter of fact, I, I know Toyota for a fact has a prototype manual EV. Oh, wow! Um, so wow, there's, there's companies working on it, um, <laughs> and there's also like full-on EV conversions. Um, a few years back, I'm a big fan of uh, like professional competitive drifting, like what you would know from Tokyo Drift. Sure. there's The best of the best of the Fast Five that. movies, or the Fast and Furious movies is Tokyo Drift. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's competitive forms of that, and a couple years ago, they did a full-on, they converted a Camaro um, to full-on electric, but to drift, you have to have manual transmission. Hmm. So it was a, a EV-converted Camaro that still had a clutch uh, and, a, and a manual gearbox. So That's that pretty cool. Do a clutch dump and light the rear wheels up. All right. So um, let's do this real quick. If you are somebody who, uh, or somebody comes to you and says, I want Garrett's number one car pick for the next model year, mm-hmm. or it could be a 2022. We'll give you a little leeway there. Ooh. What do you do? Where do you send them? And let's say that they're, they're you know, issues like, I mean, obviously, there could be somebody. Like, well, we need a van for the kids. I don't mean that. Like in this, in this <laughs> arena, is, like enthusiast car, enthusiast car. Yeah, and and specifically, I guess it doesn't have to be Japanese make, but you know, like in this zone, what 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 are you? What's your go to this year? There's so there's so many things to to, to factor, it, and I'm I'm going to be hugely biased in this answer. But if like you want a, a good enthusiast car that uh, isn't going to uh, make you take out a second mortgage. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really love uh, the two manufacturers basically make the exact same car, Toyota and Subaru. Um, we have the first gen of this. Katie drives one. Uh, it's a Toyota 86. They just came out with a whole new second generation of these cars uh, over on Subaru. It's the yeah. BRZ. Yeah. And on Toyota, it is now the GR86. 
and uh, it's a little four-cylinder engine in the front. Power goes to the rear. You can still get it with a six-speed manual. Um, they're light. They're fun. Um, they're not wicked fast in a straight line, but uh, we take Katie's up to the mountains usually once a year, and uh, it's among the most fun things I've ever done is just whip that thing around mountain roads. That sounds great, and you're not going to break your bank, which is the the key. That's cool. If you, yeah, if they you start go- around 28, I think, brand new, yeah, and they no, used market at all. because the first gen's been around since 2013, so mm. you can you can find a used one for a good price. Uh, this is so weird. It's like talking to my dad back in the day. He used to be so into this <laughs> stuff. So, all right, let me ask you one uh, final question. If Garrett was going to go out and slap down, let's say you had 100 grand to work with to buy an EV today, what what uh, what would what I was would get buy you? an EV today? Yeah, mm. brand new electric vehicle. I actually, don't know how much the Rivian is, but I love the Rivian. Me how much too. is the Rivian? The Rivians are they're about the hundred grand. Well, I think eighty, starting the eighty-five range or something. Oh, then, then I'd probably go get a Rivian. That or I'd I, I that or I'd wait for the F one fifty Lightning. I think mm-hmm. that uh, I think the the F one fifty Lightning looks. Re- I love that it just looks like a real truck, like a normal mm-hmm. truck. It doesn't yeah. look like something totally that does. in five years mm-hmm. is gonna. It's it's gonna be like Epcot, where it, it's gonna <laughs> right. look like their version of, of space or their version of the future. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, uh, yeah, I, I guess I was blown. I was so blown away by this Rivian, the little tour he gave us. That I was, I walked away convinced that this is this is what I want my next car to be. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm not, I don't have a hundred. You know, he works for Rivian, so maybe he gets a huge discount or something. But oh, I, yeah, probably. I mean, hundred grand can't do it. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. But I would sixty-seven thousand sixty-seven five on the R1T on the. Mm, low that's end. not too bad. Yeah. Not Good bad. luck getting it for actual sticker though. I know right, applications are quite difficult. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. like that new that new um, Hummer they put out. Uh, I've seen markups more than double. Oh, price. really? Mm-hmm. Oh, the they MSRP made an EV Hummer. Those. That's right. Forgot oh, yeah. That. It's absolutely insane. Uh, one of the most ridiculous looking EVs ever. I, I kind of love it, though. Oh, I kind of um, do, too. Look at the top down. But it's super low production. And, you know, the MSRP is already ridiculous. But I've, I've, I've seen them marked up to almost half a mil, depending on where you look. <laughs> I'm. I have to admit, this is a rad looking car. <laughs> I didn't think I, I didn't <laughs> think I was going to. Really gonna, good job with it. Yeah, yeah when you I said they, they you said Hummer, capture the the essence of what a Hummer like what what makes them look cool, and then also like it kind of looks like you could just take the damn thing to the moon. Yeah, and be fine. Do you have any uh, thoughts up or down on the the um, what's the Volkswagen one? The car, uh, brand new one. Oh, the not the wait, bus. The, the, they just announced that they're doing an EV bus, which I love. I really like is that it one too. Is a Touareg or is it a, a new a new uh, designation? I thought it had. Let's see, Volkswagen. I thought it had a new name, but maybe I'm remembering this wrong. Oh, here it is. ID four. It's called. Yeah. Any any thoughts on that thing? Because we're I don't know. Kim and I we like our Volkswagen. As, as an enthusiast, SUVs make me die a little inside. Mm. Um, <laughs> they are. You know, I I'm glad. Every manufacturer has high volume selling uh, boring cars because they fund <laughs> the low volume selling sports cars that I love. Ah, that's the attitude we have about uh, John and I were talking about this. Um, we need mobile games to thrive mm-hmm. so that his, so that all our AAA games continue to get funding. That's that's the idea. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the only way you could probably sleep at night after that Warcraft mobile. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, at least for me, anyway. I don't know. That uh, thing looks like poop. Uh, all right. Well, this is great. Um, I still, to this day, think Garrett should be doing a, a like a regular show on cars. But uh, in the meantime, you got plenty of other content. Tell people where they can get some of that stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. Move.tv as always, but the, my big new thing is chronicling my first ever playthrough of Final Fantasy XIV over on YouTube. It's my first ever YouTube-only content. Um, I'm doing it with Kyle Ferguson from Into the Nexus, and you can find that at youtube.com slash amovetv, A-M-O-V-E-T-V. Yeah. You should do that because it's really good, and you guys are kind of kicking butt over there, and I'm super happy to see that. So congratulations. It's my fastest growing content in a really long time, and it's been um, really rewarding. Well, well so done. Go check it out. Yeah, that's very cool. It's uh, Garrett Weinzerl, everybody. Zerple to his friends, and you can find him at <laughs> Garrett Art on Twitter as well. So make sure you spend a little time over there. Garrett, have a fantastic time. We'll see you next time this happens. See you, Garrett. Bye. Bye, Brad. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Into the ether. I always like a good one like that. That's great. Yeah. I try to time it so it works, but not always. It doesn't always work. <laughs> all right um if you're all starving for a little science i understand and uh thank goodness we're here for you because now we're gonna do this science time for some science with bobby frankenberger who comes on the show and does uh you know a little bit of catching us up on what's going on in the world of science bobby welcome back uh thanks for welcoming me <laughs> you, you're so welcome i don't know why i was not expecting to be greeted you're yeah. welcome to be welcomed i feel uh, like you're i feel like you're always gonna be welcomed and uh yeah. you know so welcome i suppose to the show uh it's good to see you as always um i feel like we just saw you in vegas but i know it's been two weeks now and it still feels like we were just there so mm-hmm. i don't know what's going it on does. yeah yeah it's a great what a great time great photo floating around of bobby in his uh freaking disco jacket he wore <laughs> yes so good. Everybody Disco keeps Jesus. saying that I need to be wearing it to these, but I say save it <laughs> exactly. for the events. Come exactly. on, guys. Right. Why do you want to spill all your popcorn in the lobby? You know? Yep. Yeah. Gotta- exactly. You you wanna see you wanna see the jacket, then then you, you need come to come to Vegas. To Vegas. Yep, yeah, come yep. to Vegas or in the meantime, go to South Carolina and bump into him at some store at a Piggly Wiggly or something. I'll wear it to the store every time I go to the store <laughs> just in case. Perfect. <laughs> perfect, perfect. perfect. All right, well, one thing we like to do on our Tuesdays is get a little science update, what's going on in the world, that sort of thing. And Bobby brought something. What do you got, man? Yeah, uh, so a week ago, uh, I was talking with brian about some some boring antp meeting i'm sure yeah i'm um, sure yeah. <laughs> and and brian asked me a question that i gave uh an, a kind of a lame answer to which brian <laughs> you were asking me how like for some tips and advice on like training because you're training for a bike ride long distance yes. thing oh yeah Mm-hmm. And I told you, uh, well, I kind of remember what I did for running, but I took a different, you know, and I, I just wasn't prepared. So I thought, so I started reading on it because I was going to send you some stuff. And as I was reading and learning more and more and more and refreshing my memory on what I knew, um, I thought, wow, this would be a great thing for other people. Like we could talk about it. Um, so yeah. cool. I wanted to talk about what happens to your body when you're training for an endurance Ex- like when you're endurance training, which is very different right. from other this types is like a of speed race. Training. Yeah, this is. An, I'm yeah. not going for speed. I'm going for how do I last on the bike for five and a half to six hours? Uh, right, two right. days in a row. <laughs> yeah, right. And and so to cut to the chase, I guess, and then I'll I'll give some some more info. But to cut to the chase, the idea with endurance training is you want to you want to take it really whenever you're training and practicing and doing your your workouts and exercises you want to all you want it to all be very easy and slow mm-hmm. um which is very different than other types but but why is that there's a lot of science behind 
why it is that you want to go slow and easy. Mm. So, um, so, so when when you're trying to endure train for a long distance sort of thing, whether it be running or or cycling or something like that, you're trying to get your muscles used to doing an activity for a long period of time, which is very different than like trying to lift. 150 pounds. I don't know what's a lot to lift. Is that a lot? I think that's a lot lot to me. Yeah, sounds like a lot to me. (laughs) I don't lift weights, so (laughs) seems like a lot. Um, But it also seems like not a lot if you're doing it all the time. Like people would be in the 230, 300 range at the top end. But I think that that still supports what you're saying. Like start right low. Right. So when you're lifting weights, yeah. (laughs) When you're strength training. When you're strength training or bodybuilding, the goal is a lot different. You're actually building muscle, um, or rather, you're you're increasing the size of your muscle because you might not know this, but but your your muscle cells don't actually uh, um, multiply. They don't make you don't make new muscle cells. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, you actually when you're when you're weightlifting, strength training bodybuilding you're just increasing the size of the existing ones by adding stuff to it <laughs> by by push stuffing more things inside the cells basically is the the easy way to think about it sure um and so that's that's what you're doing when you're strength training but that's not helpful when you're long distance endurance training because you want to the goal is different right you don't mm-hmm. and, it, and it all comes down to energy needing energy for your muscles to do their job right right and so i'm just going to call it energy but for, for for those um who like to know the terminology the energy that your body uses is in the form of what's called atp or like adenosine triphosphate i think is what it's called but Amer- I'm just gonna america's call it top podcaster that's what it sounds like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Current, not next yeah. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> but uh the um so it's atp and and when you're endurance training what you're trying to do is make it so that your body is better more efficient at creating and using that energy um, so, so the, the way you do that is by slowly training your body and slowly doing low intensity activities so that you can stay in certain zones and certain areas of, of heart rate and breathing that will put your body in a condition where hormones and, and different enzymes are moving around, triggering your body to say, oh, we need to do this more often. So, when you're doing those types of things, when you're doing long-distance runs or long-distance bike rides and everything, the way your muscles change is that, first of all, you need to get oxygen to your muscles, right? The part of the fuel... So the fuel of exercise and your muscles is is fat and carbohydrates, Right. Um, that's why you always hear about like carbo loading before oh, right. a race or something. Mm, like yeah, that. people eat yeah. like fifteen chickens and then the, the ton of pasta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you want fat and carbohydrates uh, to give your body the fuel it needs to be able to last. But um, to turn that those fats and carbohydrates into energy, your body needs oxygen, and so that's why you breathe so heavily when you're going and when you're running and doing all that kind of stuff. Right. Your body's trying to get more oxygen. So this is called um, aerobic respiration or aerobic 
refers to oxygen. It's it's your body is using oxygen to turn those fats and carbohydrates into energy. And using oxygen is a really efficient way to do it, but it's not the only way to do it. The other way to do it is called anaerobic or without oxygen um, respiration or energy production. Sure. And the problem with doing it the other way is that that produces uh what's called lactic acid mm. and it makes your muscles burn right yeah so you're you're used to that feeling now i'm, I'm giving all this background because it's going to help understand what what it is that you need to do to make your body better at doing those things if you push yourself too hard and then you're going to start pr- your, your body is going to run out of oxygen that it can use to to um to produce energy so brian like if you're going up a hill on your mm-hmm. bike, and you're mm-hmm. pushing really, pumping really hard with your legs. Um, you're you're using those muscles quite a lot, and your body is just you're breathing heavy. Your body's converting, you know, making energy using oxygen, but it's saying, "Oh crap, we need uh, we need energy faster than this because we're going up a big hill," which I'm sure there are lots of in Denver. <laughs> lots of many many hills, many hills, yes. right? Yeah. Um, so so you're to do that your body starts saying okay we're gonna we're gonna do the anaerobic thing now and we're gonna start we we don't have enough oxygen here but we need still need energy and so to do that it starts doing starts using a different cycle a different process and and the byproduct of that is the lactic acid that ends up in your muscles and it starts to burn right Mm, yeah um now your body can clear that that's like it doesn't stay there forever your body can clear all that lactic acid but it takes time Mm-hmm. And and if you're producing it too fast, then it's going to start to build up, and that's when you hit those walls and you can't can you, and you can't go anymore. Because not only does it burn, but lactic acid in your muscles also makes it so your muscles can't contract and do their job as easily. So that's when it's harder to move them, and you start cramping, and things seize up. Are they, um, is it, so corro- the is, it is that process process corrosive over time? Like if you're doing it too much. Too much lactic acid like can be destructive to your muscle tissue or no? I think technically it can be. There's a condition called lactic acidosis that is Ugh. pretty dangerous, but that's I think very extreme. Typically your body is just going to like give up before then. You ever seen like a marathon where people are running past the finish line in a marathon and they're like all wobbly legged and falling all over the place? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um yeah. that's because their muscles are getting to that point and they're just saying, ah, we're done. <laughs> yeah, we're out. Um, and so they're just going to stop, um, and uh, and so so what you want to do is you want to there's a line between your activity where your body is using oxygen and and it no longer is able to keep up with with the oxygen and it needs to do something that's going to produce lactate or lactic acid right that is a there's a threshold there and it's an an important threshold because we call it the lactate threshold (laughs) (laughs) well and so if you ever hear about if you read about training for endurance exercise endurance training the lactate threshold is an important thing that is talked about a lot because that again that's the point when your body switches over it's more complicated than this but essentially you can think of it as switching over from using oxygen to using um, harder to maintain forms of energy. So you don't want to cross that threshold when you're trying to go 75 miles in a day, right, Brian? 
um, yeah. or or you know you're trying to run twenty you want to stay run just under miles. that threshold. Yeah, right. So that's the goal. Okay. So ideally, if you can push that threshold further, then that that makes it so you can you can last longer and do better in whatever you know, marathon or bike ride you're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's the goal of endurance training is to push that threshold further. Um, and the way that your body does that is by adding capillaries all around your muscle fibers. So like the capillaries are the little tiny blood vessels that carry blood directly to your muscles and, and all the tiny places around your body. Um, so... If you can add more capillaries around your muscles, then your body will be able to more efficiently transport oxygen. So you, that will help push the the that threshold further. Um, if you, it will also help clear waste from your muscles, like lactic acid. So it'll get rid of it oh, more quickly. Okay. So that's one thing your body does. Adds capillaries. Um, another thing it does is it produces more mitochondria. Have you ever heard of mitochondria? Before? Yes, I have. I don't I've remember what it, it is. Yeah. That is the energy factory of your cells. They actually do the work of creating the energy. They take the oxygen and <laughs> use it with the fats and carbohydrates to make the energy. So if you can make, if your cells can have more mitochondria, then your cells are more efficient. That's another thing your body does when you're in training is it actually produces more of these, makes more factories, energy factories, right? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I've given all this background how does you actually how do you actually make your body do those things of making you more efficient it's all about hanging out in your training hanging out in that aerobic zone of of spending a lot of time you know using oxygen but mm -hmm. pu pushing yourself a pretty close to that line of of you know going over the line to to of that threshold but not quite getting there and so if you hang out close to that, your body says, okay, may, that's when it starts to produce these capillaries and increase your mitochondria density in your, in your cells and everything. Now, is there a way to know when you're hitting that lactate Good threshold? Good question. That's the that big, yeah. That is the yeah. hardest part. Great question. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There are a lot of, um, there are a lot of like rule of thumb ways. If you look it up, there's going to be varying ways that they teach you how to find out what, where that threshold is. And uh, in running, there's, um, there's you know, these methods of, of running a certain pace and then measuring your heart rate. It's all based on heart rate and breathing, right? Okay. Um, so there's all these different ways in running that you can measure it. There's a, there's a rule of thumb, an easy way to do it when you're running. They call it like the, the seven-word... Um, test or something like that. It's it's like uh, I can't remember, but it's the idea that while you're running, you should be able to say like a seven word phrase pretty easily <laughs> without. If, yeah, if you, if you can't <laughs> if you can't speak a sentence <laughs> without yeah. breathing really heavy and having trouble, then you're you're going too hard. Okay, well, I imagine um, it would be very similar then for for cycling, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But fortunately for you, I did some research for cycling. <laughs> wow, you get your own little personal uh, workout researcher here. This is great. Yeah, yes. I like it. Great. Yeah. So I'm putting some links in, in the chat if, if my thing will actually paste anything. Um, oh, I was pressing the wrong control key. Yeah. You just um, you just sent all this stuff to your wife yeah. uh, via text. Yeah. <laughs> well done. 
So let's uh, here. Here, there's two things I have here. The first okay, one is is, uh, is an article about cycling training zones. So there's all these different training zones um, that you're in, and, and and a lot of the terminology is used both in running and cycling. Right? You have your uh, the big one that you want to think about is what are called tempo zones, and the tempo zone is is uh, just a fancy word for being in that zone right before you're crossing the threshold and and it's where your body is going to be um, trying to push that threshold most, further. Like the sweet spot, the most effective. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Right. Um, and, then, uh, and then the second link I did was an article I found where somebody was describing how they trained for a long distance run and I thought that might be useful for anybody mm. else also who was like oh, how yeah. to put that knowledge into practice. Interesting. Um, so in general though for anybody who's listening and doesn't feel like uh, like looking anything up the idea <laughs> is <laughs> the idea is that first thing you want to do if you're ever training for a long distance like a marathon or uh, a long bike ride is you want to spend a lot of time doing what they call base training which is for for running, you know, it might be six to twelve weeks of base training where you're sort of just getting comfortable, getting out and working out three to four times a week. Um, for a lot of the examples of distances, I'm going to give is in terms of running because I don't cycle. But um, uh, but um, so like with running, you would go out and try to work your way up over six to twelve weeks of getting up to running. You know, one day a week running about six miles. Um, and then the other days, just doing a few miles at a at an easy intensity. And this is the easy part of your training. It establishes a base. It uh, it gets your body used to doing this aerobic stuff, and it helps you helps you strengthen your lungs and and your and your muscles and everything. And you you want to take your time because that strong base is going to help you. Um, but after that is when you when you would start your proper training, quote okay. unquote. Like the ramping it up kind of thing. Yeah, and so the general template here is you want to have one um, long distance activity a week. All right, this is now this is not your highest intensity activity. This is your long distance activity. It's it's uh, the one where so for tr- for uh, for a marathon, you know, that's the one where I would run ten miles. And then you remember when when I was on Thursdays, that used to be my long distance time or maybe it was Tuesday. Anyway, you know, sometimes before I would come on the show, I'd be like, oh, I ran 18 miles today. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my long distance day. I wasn't running 18 miles every day. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So so with a bike ride, you know, you might say, what's the longest I can comfortably ride? Because this long distance day should be an easy workout. You should not be pushing yourself too hard. You should be gaining confidence that you can go these long distances, but also pushing yourself um, not too hard because these are the times when you're saying, this is, you know, you're, you're just increasing the distance that you can go. You're practicing doing the long distances, right? But at the same time, you know, training your muscles. Um, so I don't know how long that is for, for you, Brian, in particular, for cycling in general, but, but whatever long distance you can comfortably go and you want to increase that by about 10 to 15 10 or so every week okay. um, now how long till the ms 150 what's the date <laughs> it is uh may 20 or, i'm sorry june june oh, 25th geez. i was gonna uh, say you so, got uh, right. you got no time so, left but I'm like yes. seven weeks okay yeah so weeks. that's yeah. not terrible that's mm-hmm. not no. terrible yeah, definitely um doable in this yeah. because mm-hmm. you've already been doing stuff right yeah exactly it's not like so I'm when starting you go today. out and you do a long bike ride Mm-hmm. What what is that? 
What does that uh, look like for Yesterday you? was 12 miles. Like a, a typical long bike ride, there's a 25 and a half mile one that I do regularly. Like I'll do that right. on the weekends because I want to, you know, want to do those on back-to-back days for the recovery and, and the practice of of doing them one right after the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might um, consider increasing the distance for that mm-hmm. by like two to four miles every week. It sounds like okay. a lot, but... Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and still really only do it once a week. About it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Still only do it once a week because you want your body to have a lot of time to recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I know at last time I suggested maybe you should try doing two back to back because your actual race is two back to back days, right? Yeah. But you consider this also. You might just have it once a week and increase the distance more, so that by the time you get to the race day where you're going to do 75 miles in one day, maybe in your training, you've been going, you went 100 miles two weeks mm. before. and um, Or maybe that's too much. Again, I don't know what these are. It's too much. Are. It's, it's too, too much, much. Bobby. <laughs> but uh, but uh, going like maybe the day before, like a week or two before you went, you were able to push yourself to go mm-hmm. 80 miles, right. then the 75 miles won't seem too, as bad. Right, um, right. And you've also got the confidence that you were able to do that. You know, yeah. and so I know of an eighty-mile ride that I've done. I've done half of. You know, just planning, saying I'm gonna do forty. Tina, meet me at the other end of this, and I'll see you there. But I could do. I could do it as a loop. Go there and, and back. Yeah. Go there and back. Yeah. So that would be my suggestion. And again, the point is, don't the, the easy. And I know this from experience because I've done it. The yeah. easiest thing to do is to accidentally get too overconfident and try to push yourself too hard. Right. Yeah. yeah no. Definitely don't. Want don't. To do that. You just want it to be easy. You want to have a good time while you're doing it, and yep. because not only is that properly training your muscles, because if you go past that threshold, that's a different type of workout that does a different thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be under the threshold so that your body is used to being there and starts building those capillaries, adding mitochondria, um, doing all the things that it needs to do so that you can push that threshold further like that super interesting well uh you got time brian you got this you got got time uh, and these uh these two articles are great by the way i've just you know kind of scanned them but uh talking about fueling and the three zones you know the yeah there's a whole lot to endurance training that i we we could do many (laughs) many episodes on right right but uh no this uh, is great and and knowing heart rate which is you know when i when i do the rides i have the apple watch on i have it in um outdoor cycle workout mode so at a glance i can look over and say oh i'm at 135 bpm or maybe i want to go up to 140 or whatever and that's kind of a good way to say all right that is my that's my current threshold i'm not going to go any higher than that yeah, and there's then, a whole chunk in that article that's all about how to use a heart rate monitor to calculate it. Oh, that's great. This so, is perfect. Yeah. So read excellent. through that article. It'll it'll tell you like a specific day you need to go out and push yourself really hard, do this mm-hmm. thing, you know, set your your uh you know, check your heart rate monitor at this time and then this time and you know, it'll tell you how Love to it. calculate it. And then it says, Well, your zone that you want to be in is like some percentage below that maximum seeing that, that right you, there yeah less yeah. than 68 percent for recovery endurance 69 to 83 percent this is great right. yeah right. love it okay. very cool there you go cool. i like Thank it you, bobby. a little bit of science today with bobby uh science you didn't expect about running everyone or body things 
<laughs> body thing. Body it was, thing. It was with Bobby. Yeah. Bobby. It was car stuff and then workout stuff. Yeah, we're right. like, yeah. We're, we're, kill, we're getting we're, we're covering the wide range that people need, really, yeah. is what we're doing. Uh, Bobby, as always, uh, pleasure to have you here. Tell people about All Around Science, where they can get it, and anything else you want to mention. Yeah, All Around Science is uh, our weekly science podcast. Me and my co-host Maura do it, and, and uh, we talk about science stuff, just whatever we feel like is in the news or that we're geeking out about and everything. It's, it's pretty fun. We just... Uh, just did an episode that came out yesterday, which I can't remember what it was about because I just um, had so company many over. Have happened. Yeah, with yeah. <laughs> my so, so much stuff is going on right now, but I'm sure it was a great episode, and you should definitely listen to it. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure it was. I have zero doubt about that. Um, yeah. In the meantime, have a great rest of your week, and we'll Thanks. see you soon. Bye now. Thanks, Bobby. Oh, we got him going. I love that. Yeah, we got that with uh, Garrett. We got it with Bobby. Yep. Perfect. My goal from now on is to always get it with whoever's on. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, quick it. email at the end of the show here today from Jeff Sire. Wrote in from Grafton, Ontario, a.k.a. Bronco. Uh, we hope he's doing well. Say hi to Jen. Anyway. Uh, oh, and he's from Canada. Canada! Here's what he says. Oh, I should play this. Send and receive email. This email address is themorningstream at gmail.com. Themorningstream at gmail.com. Jeff says this. Guys, I just watched the first episode of the new ex- uh, Netflix show, The Pentavert. Pentaveret. Right? Pen- Pentaveret. That, yeah, Pentaveret. That's how I think it's pronounced. Yeah, I've, this is the new thing with Mike Myers. Yeah, the Mike Myers deal. He says, I don't know about the rest, uh, but the first episode is one big love letter to Canada and especially southern Ontario where I live. There are so many in jokes. I don't know how to tell, or I don't know how well this will play for any place else. I'm writing this because I know one or both of you will at least take a look, and I'm wondering if the humor will carry across the border. Just an example, uh, the Ken Scarborough character, Scarborough itself is a joke since Scarborough is a Toronto suburb, is based on Glenn Cochran, a CFTO reporter from when I was a kid. Uh, he even has the mannerisms and double entendres with the girls around him. Uh, and then he gives a link for that. Anyway, interested to hear your opinions, even if you think it's shit, LOL. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Sire. Well, uh, I love Canadian television, and so I'm probably yeah. going to like it, is my guess. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. You know, is this a a, a typical Mike Myers? Uh, lots of prosthetics and uh, a funny voice and uh, that sort of thing. It, it, curious so, as to how much how much this is going to be. So is he in it or is he just producing writing? He's like, the star of it. He's the star yeah, of it. Okay, the, he is the yeah. All right, I missed. Uh, I, I, I guess this just completely missed my radar until he mentioned it. It just email. came out, and I, you know, it's one of those things where Netflix sends you an email. Hey, uh, something new we've added that you might like. It's the new Mike Myers comedy, <laughs> The Pentaverant. <laughs> oh, J.C. Calhoun says Mike Myers plays like all the roles. I think. Oh, so really? It's like, is he almost every character in this thing? That's, he's good at that. So hey. he is. Yeah. Eight characters. I mean, you start out with chat. Austin Powers, then you add uh, Doctor Evil, and then you add the uh, fat Scottish guy, and yep. then you add the yeah. fat Scottish guy. I can't remember. I can't remember. His what name. He, was he called? He he ate. Uh, he always wanted to put Haggis. things in his belly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fat, fat bastard. bastard. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to check it out because it's Mike Myers, and I have a long fandom for that guy. So. Yeah. Uh, Except for Love Guru, uh, skip that one. That's a bad movie. Yeah. Oh, he does. He plays eight characters in this thing. Holy poop! Yeah, it's a lot. 
It's a lot it of characters. Lot. All those eight characters. Uh, all right, we're done for today. Uh, would like to encourage more people to send those emails in. TheMorningStream at gmail.com. And I also want to call out a patron today. Uh, Jared Williams, a uh, longtime patron called, of the show. called out, Jared. Yep, I pulled him out of the list at random. And I sent him a quick little private message. Said, hey, I'm going to talk about you on the show tomorrow. So hopefully he's listening today. And I just wanted to tell Jared, uh, thanks for being a longtime supporter of the show. It means a lot to us. And uh, if you go over there and sign up now, you might get mentioned on the show as well. Patreon.com slash TMS. For everything else, per usual, it's frogpants.com slash TMS. Man, I have a loose monitor cable and it's pissing me off. Oh, no. So is your monitor like going pink and Yeah, a little bit of like if I wiggle it, I get it right where I want it. And the bit if I accidentally touch it, it'll either cut out altogether or change colors. I got to get a better. (laughs) It's a display port, but I don't know if it's the cable or the port. Oh, that sucks. Hey, you got uh, you guys have a uh, play retro coming up tonight? Uh, we do. Tonight, 3.30 Mountain Time. We are going uh, deep into all things. Uh, well, we're starting with Dragon's Lair, but we're moving our yeah. way up through all those real-time action, action real-time, whatever the heck they call that mechanic, uh, yeah. kinds of games. Laserdisc-based games. Yeah, <laughs> Laserdisc games. And that includes like a ton of stuff you probably never even heard of, but we're going to focus, uh, obviously, mostly on this and, and Space Ace and Dragon's Lair 2 and and was many that Dana Plato thing, Night Trap? That wasn't. Uh, I know that was that wasn't Laserdisc based, obviously. Because it, it is on there, though. It's it's a definitely on our list of stuff today. So uh, cool. I Excellent. think I think that's kind of the the run, right? Like you start with yeah. the Laserdisc stuff, and then it kind of crescendos or ends with Night Trap, Sewer stuff, Shark, yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one Western one where you shot a bunch of cowboys. I don't remember the name of it. Oh yeah, where it was on your right, right. It was like a draw. It was basically just draw. Yeah, was the whole. Yeah, was the that whole was it. You be, you would you were trying to beat the. It was never just shoot yes. gallery people. It was like no, no. It was yeah, standoff it was a, or what's that called? <laughs> it was a first person shooter that was only draw. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, there it is, Mad, Mad Dog, Dog McCree. McCree. That's it. That's yep. it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're gonna we're gonna have a great time with that. So check that out. Three thirty Mountain Time. You got anything else uh, going on today? Uh, yeah, I just posted all of the uh, contestant submissions for. What we called Podcast Mad Libs Week. This is where we gave each of our three teams a choice as to what kind of podcast they wanted to produce. Mm-hmm. And we ended up, because they did, they did this to themselves, people, we ended up with Self-Help Comedy Game Show. Oh, so uh, if right. you visit americasnextstoppodcaster.com, you can listen to the three submissions that they were responsible for for uh, categorizing as self-help comedy game shows. Yeah, it was a hell of a combination and worth your time. Yes. Jury loved it. Oh, he Jury loved it. Jury said it was his favorite cha- uh, challenge of he's all time. He's never liked anything more, I don't think. I think this is <laughs> his favorite thing exactly. he's ever liked in the world. So. Right, exactly. He likes his mom, but does he like his mom as much as that episode? Probably uh, not. It's hard to say. Yeah. Probably he, not. I mean, he didn't shave his head for the episode, so I guess that, that's you know one <laughs> one check mark on that side. Good point. All right. On uh, side. We're out of here. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, your normal Wednesday shenanigans, so check us out then. Oh, and we may have when, uh, when do we uh, did we pick a date yet? I think Nicole's going to be back on a date this month or something. Oh yeah, uh, no next month, June next month first. Okay, yes, early June. We're uh, we have uh, we have time we have time to break the news to Randy. Oh yeah, he may, <laughs> <laughs> I mean we all knew it was you know possibly temporary, temporary but yes. she she's out of the school year and and we're going to get her back. So watch for That's that. Right. Yeah, for the her. summer probably we'll lose her again. I think once fall starts up again and and kids are uh, yeah. beating down her door. Yeah, Mrs. Spagnolo, how do I three D print a gun, Miss Spag? <laughs> Jimmy farted on me. 
Can I can I 3D print a gun with resin? <laughs> with real bullets, please. <laughs> anyway, she'll uh, we'll let you know when that happens. Okay, that's right. We got to exactly. go, but we got to right. go with music. So go with music, Brian. Music. Yes. Are you ready, Scott? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the. That's how the song begins. Uh, Andy says, my birthday is Thursday, May the 12th, and I would love to hear a cover of Ballroom Blitz, if any exist. Oh, many, many exist. Mm. Years ago, I like how he says this, years ago, Wayne's World did a cover that was rocking, so I'm hoping there are other covers out there. Keep up the good work and rock on. Now, technically, Wayne's World didn't do the cover. Boy, Mike Myers twice in one episode today. (laughs) Weird. Uh, uh, but it was Tia Carrere for the movie Wayne's World. It wasn't even wasn't even uh, Mike Myers and uh, uh, Dana uh, Plato Carvey. Dana Plato. <laughs> That's our second Dana of the show as well. Weird. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, no, it was uh, Tia Carrere uh, doing it for the obviously for the movie. But there have been a ton of great covers of this um, uh, of this song. This actually here's a little bit about a trivia about Brian Ibbett. Yeah. The very first vinyl LP I ever owned was Sweet's Desolation Boulevard, which oh, had wow. uh, Ballroom Blitz, it had uh, the Sixteens, it had, like, all, you know, a majority of Sweet's greatest hits on this album. That's great. Do you still have it, or uh, no? I do. I do still have it. I should uh, put it up in here, although right now I've got Pink Floyd the Wall, and, and that's, you know... Yeah, well, I, you can't have any pudding if you don't eat time. your meat, so I get it. Exactly, yeah. yes. Stand still, Lenny! <laughs> uh, Alright, so, let's hear a cover of Ballroom Blitz, but you know, just Ballroom Blitz on its own. Uh, how about a cover that mixes Ballroom Blitz with ABBA's Dancing Queen? Yes, it's time for another song from the Black Sweden from their 2000 album Gold. Here's a mashup of Ballroom Blitz and Dancing Queen.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. What? Yeah, what? Ha, 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 ha.